Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Life is about rhythms and life is about patterns. And what I want to minister to you today briefly on is the fact that this year isn't going to be so much a result at at least the benefits of 2024 won't be so much a result of the things that you change, but it's going to be a result of the things that you do consistently. It's the patterns that you develop. And there are unhealthy patterns, and there are toxic patterns, and there are broken cycles that we get stuck in. But the things that produce the most and the best results in our lives are the things that we do consistently. It's the things that we do consistently. And Paul is encouraging this church, there's a pattern we want you to adhere to. There's a pattern we want you to find. There's a rhythm to how we live. The, the results that we see and produce, this is the same book, one chapter prior, but in Philippians chapter four, Paul writes, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, right? Be anxious for nothing. Well, he's writing this from where? Jail. He's writing this from prison. He's writing this at the end of his days. He's not writing this because somebody just wrote a million-dollar check to his ministry. He's not writing this. He's not saying be anxious for nothing because, look, we just got a new jet. Come on, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. I'm just saying that he's in the bottom. He's in the lows. And the only reason he can write, be anxious for nothing from prison is because he has a pattern. Patterns will keep you. Patterns sustain you. And many times, somebody just recently reminded me of a a quote, I guess, uh, that I have uh, said many times. Sometimes it's not about seeing something different but it's about seeing something differently. Well, I would tweak it this way for you. This year might not be about doing something different. It might be about doing something that you've been doing differently. That the activity with a different perspective, the activity with a different mindset, because I know we, we, we go into closing out a year and starting a year, and that's usually the things that we look at is the activity. What are the things that we've been consumed with? What are the things we've given our time to? What are the things, and I don't know if you've done this. I, I, I Personally, I haven't done this, but somebody I follow online um, did this. They, they wrote down the 20, 20 things that they wanted to work on or develop or increase in 2023. And here, just I think just yesterday, uh, posted his own grading on how he did. And he said he got 10 of them, uh, or 11 of them he got, he did well with, and none of them he failed or didn't accomplish what he intended to accomplish. But that's looking at the activity. I want to save more. I want to spend less time 
on my phone. I want to spend more time with family. I want to read through the Bible in a year. Whatever the activity is, the only activity that is productive in our lives is what we do regularly, habitually, consistently, continually. And so we need to, do, we need to develop some patterns in our life, develop some rhythms in our life. Uh, And so Paul is saying, you need to follow my pattern. How can he write, be anxious for nothing from a prison? It's because he has a pattern of not giving in to anxiety. How do you know what the pattern is? When crisis shows up, when challenge arises, that's when you know what your patterns are. You don't know what your patterns are when everything is going well. You know, I am uh, a, uh, I am from Dallas, Texas. But contrary to your thinking, I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm not. Many people are, oh, you must love the Cowboys. No. But the thing is, is Cowboys have, the Cowboys have fans everywhere. It's really what is so annoying about the Cowboys is that they have fans that every year, even now, even right now, after yesterday's immaculate win, which if you watch the game was not, they lucked out, but they cheer and they celebrate and they act like they just won the Super Bowl. They haven't done anything in like 23 years. It's awful. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Last night, they were celebrating Jimmy Johnson and had Emmett Smith out there and Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman and a lot of those. I was there. I, I, I grew up watching those teams. And, you know, I wasn't even really a, a, a fan then. And that's why. It's because they don't do the right things consistently. Now, their record, I think it's 11 and 5 now, would tell you that they're doing something consistently. The only thing they're doing consistently is bullying up on weak teams, beating losers, beating teams that are under 500. That's what they're doing consistently. But when do you see what the Cowboys are really made of? When they're playing the Eagles, when they're playing the Niners. Come on, when they're playing teams that actually know what they're doing. And so we can live with this false assumption that we've got the right patterns and the right habits when everything's going right. But you don't even know what your patterns and your habits are until the real challenges arise. Can you do the basic things right? Can you do the elementary principles right? Can you, do you have the fundamentals down? What does your foundation look like? I mean, even the wise man's house looks good when it's got blue, blue skies and sunnies, sunny days with his beachfront property. But when the rains come, come on, when the storms come, when the winds blow, when the trials show up, that's when we find out what you're really made of. That's when you find out what your real foundation is. That's when you find out what those real, and that's when you need the patterns the most. You could get away with compromising on your foundations a little bit when everything is going your way. When you're the Georgia Bulldogs playing the Florida State, you know, B, B team, C team maybe. 
Yeah. You know, now you, you see real coaches, you, you find out a real coach that even when they're up like that, they're still getting on their players about missing basic fundamental things. You watch those coaches, it's like, man, you're up 60 points. What are you screaming about? It's because they are on the fundamentals because they know if you compromise here, you can't beat an Alabama compromising on values, compromising on fundamentals. This game ain't showing us anything. Come on. And so this is when we need those patterns the most. This is when we need the habits the most. This is when we need to develop that kind of consistency the most. I wanna give you three keys to holding patterns this next year. Three keys to holding patterns in 2024. Number one, increase capacity. Increase capacity. Capacity is an interesting thing. You are built with potential. You are built with potential in you. Potential is untapped capacity. Untapped resource, untapped ability. It's what you haven't even reached into, but it's in you to get there. And one thing you'll watch coaches as they're preparing their teams, you know, when everybody's zero, zero, uh, in the win-loss column at the beginning of the year, before we even start preseason, you know, workouts, all those kind of things, everybody believes they have the same potential to get to what? The Super Bowl, the championship, the World Series, whatever that is. Everybody starts with that same idea of potential. But the problem is, is many times people get overwhelmed by where they are because it's not where they want to be. Many times people never tap into their potential, never rise to who they really can be and what they really can do because they get overwhelmed or even intimidated. Well, this is all I have. And in Matthew chapter 25, we see a parable of three servants. We use this parable a lot. Three servants and a master over these servants goes on a long journey. But before he goes on the journey, he gives them three. uh, He gives each of them measures of talents. In Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 14, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. And he called together his servants and entrusted. This year is gonna be about stewardship for you. It's gonna be about what you steward well, what you manage well, what you oversee. It's gonna be about how you steward what you've been giving. And entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to One, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion, look what it says, to their abilities. You know, if you wanted to give, you could do step 1A and step 1B, because before you can increase capacity, you must first identify capacity. What can you hold? 
What can you steward? What can you manage well? And again, you may not, you, you may be intimidated by what is, what you believe you can do. Now, I love when God gives glimpses of vision, glimpses, just a little insight. This is where you could go. This is what you could do. This is what you could possess. This is how big this could be. But man, it, it comes with a, a nature of intimidation to it, a nature of overwhelming. And, and look, if it doesn't intimidate you, it might not be from God. It might be your vision, not his vision. Because when God gives vision, I mean, he, he takes crazy steps, doesn't he? When God starts speaking vision, when God starts showing you glimpses of where you can go and what you can, man, it, it, it's like, God, you, got, you start having the wrong person conversation, wrong time conversation, right? We've talked about these things. You start looking at your lack. You start looking at your lack instead of what I do have or where I can go or what I could have. You look at what, what you don't have. I don't have the right amount of influence. I don't have the right amount of education. I don't have enough money. I don't have the right circle of friends. I'm not in the right location geographically, whatever. We start identifying all these things that we don't have rather than looking at what we do have. And to each of these servants, he gave five, two, and one. And this is what you need to know. Whatever you have, you have in some way Proven to the master, that's what you can handle. Because he gave to them according to what? According to their ability. So before I can increase my capacity, I need to first identify my capacity. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, whether you've been given five, two, or one this next year, you are not gonna be measured by somebody else's capacity. You're not gonna stand accountable. If God's given you one, you're not gonna stand accountable for five. Guess what you're gonna stand accountable for? One. Number one, he's placed in you based on your ability and number two, he's only going to expect a return from what he's given you this next year. So where I, where I see people mess up in this process is either one, they are intimidated by where they could go or they're unsatisfied, dissatisfied with what they have and they see what they have as small and insignificant. And what could I really do with this? And this is, there's no way this could produce that. And there's no way I could. And, and, and so instead of starting with what they have, starting where you're at, come on, if you've never really had a diligent pattern of a prayer life, starting out wanting to pray for an hour every day from four to five in the morning, it's probably not a good idea for you. <laughs> it's probably not. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't wanna discourage you, 
But what you are gonna find is you're gonna get discouraged real quick with goals that are too big to accomplish anything measurable. Now that's a great goal to have by the end of the year. But you know, I'm gonna start out with 15 minutes. I'm gonna start out instead, you know, especially if you're the, the snooze guy. And you leave for work when you're supposed to be at work. Any of those people. All of a sudden, jump it up and say, well, I'm going to get up at four in the morning and pray for three hours. No, you ain't. (laughs) Why? Because you got the wrong pattern. You got the wrong consistency. So you what? You start with what you have. And I watch people stall out so quickly because they get discouraged with what they have. They get discouraged with where they're at. And then they start looking at the ones with the two and the ones with the five and the ones that are taking that five out and man, they're doubling it. Uh, it, it, You know, isn't it amazing how everybody's life looks easier than yours? That's only because you're only seeing the parts they want you to see. And I can promise you, most likely there's somebody watching your life saying, how did they make it look so easy? Huh? I love that quote that I heard years ago. We are judging our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. But if you could get a glimpse behind the curtain, if you could get a glimpse to all the work that it takes to raise those kids, to have that family that looks like they got it all together. I mean, you know, most parents have, have been there. Someone compliments your kids. We were just, I don't remember where we were just recently, had our, both of our boys. We just got to tell you, your boys are just so well-behaved. And my wife and I just look at each other like, what? You got the wrong family, man. Yeah, we all got, what? But they didn't see him in the car on the way up getting threatened within an inch of their life. The photo doesn't show you better smile or I'm gonna, you know, doesn't see the back of my hand on the back of Camden's neck. Don't see that in the photo. We photoshopped that out. Come on. So what? We start with what we have. You're gonna increase capacity, but first you must identify capacity. You're gonna increase capacity this year. Look, you can have growth or you can have comfort, but you can't have both. You can add to this year, but it's gonna come with some effort. You can increase this year, but it's gonna come with some resolve. For me personally, that was a word for, for, well, for my wife and I both. This year for 2023 was resolve. We're just sticking our heels in the ground. I'm, I'm not giving in. I refuse to give in. Every opportunity that arises that makes you want to just back down and, and, and discredit and disbelieve. And, and I, I mean, we just, it, it just thrust us even more into what we knew God was calling us to do. We weren't letting, we weren't letting anything deter us. Is that how you're going to be successful? You know what? I don't know. I'll be honest. 
<laughs> that story's still being written. But I know in this moment, that's what God's called us to do, is to be resolved, to be immovable. And, and, and I just, you know, not to get super spiritual, but we are coming into days where everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So you're just gonna have to decide to stand for something. At some point, you're just gonna have to dig your heels in and say, you know what, I'm not giving ground there. You're gonna have to just establish some non-negotiables and say, I'm not willing to give you an inch there because if I give you the inch, you're gonna take a mile. I'm not doing it. We're just gonna be right here. That doesn't mean I don't treat things with grace and with patience and with understanding and wanna hear both sides and, and, and all that, but, but there's just some things that we've just determined this year that it was just better for us to be resolved in our position, in our belief, become immovable, unshakable, And so for you in 2024, that may be what you need to do. It may just take being more resolved in what you're already doing. More established. Amen. So we got to start with what we have. You got to increase capacity. Number two, institute consistency. That's what we're talking about. Institute consistency. You know, there may be some things, you know, that, that need to be altered in your life. Some things that need to be seriously addressed. Some things that, that need, again, to be left behind. You know, I, I, I had this passage in here. Um, 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's just go there and look at it. 1 Kings chapter 19. Story of Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. There, need, there will be things that need to be disrupted. There will be things that need to be challenged. There will be things that need to be abandoned. Let go. Say, let it go. Don't sing it, just say it. I don't need that in my head for the rest of the day. It's like the baby shark song. Once it's in there, it doesn't come out. <laughs> Verse 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha plowing a field. You know what he was doing? Plowing was a pattern. That was his pattern. He's just being faithful with what he had been called to do. That was his assignment. He's plowing a field. And yes, things need to be disrupted. Yes, things need to be challenged. Yes, things, but, but, but here's what I have found. You will have a better clarity of what needs to be disrupted, what needs to be abandoned, what needs to be pruned off. If you'll first identify the things that you need to be patterned in. Because what happens is, is we start chopping all kinds of stuff down. We start cutting all kinds of stuff off. We start eliminating, and, and there's some things that God's trying to use. There's some things God's trying to work through. There's some people that God's trying to, and so if you don't first have a, a, a strong foundation, if you first don't have something you're consistent with, if you first don't establish what your capacity is, you may be eliminating things that God is trying to work on or improve. Everything 
When, when, when everything's up for grabs, when everything can be dismantled, when everything can be challenged, that's a dangerous place for us. You need to start with the place of foundation. He started with, I'm plowing a field, working for my father. That's all I know to do. I've found in my own personal life that the times of disruption, the times of change, the times where, where God was calling us in, in sometimes in a completely different category came when I was the most diligent and the most focused on what was right in front of me. I wasn't looking for change. I wasn't looking to disrupt my life. I wasn't looking what needs to be eliminated and cut off. And it came in moments where I was so laser focused that that thing had to come find me because I wasn't looking for it. And that's where Elisha is. Elisha's just plowing a field, minding his own business, being faithful. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him, threw his cloak across his shoulders and walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back but think about what I have done to you. Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah and his assistant. He burned the plows, meaning I'm not coming back, but it began with what? consistency. It began with plowing. It began with just being focused on with what's in front of me. This is a dangerous time for people just as much as it can be a hopeful time, just as much as it can be a, 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 a time of honing in on the things and the, and, and the, the, the elements that you want to change and the elements that you want to uh, uh, get better aligned with and better focused on, but it can be dangerous if you don't start with the foundation a foundation of consistency. That's what I love about January because it's a great year. It's a great time of the year to build and lay a foundation. But when you don't have a foundation, it's why the gyms are full in January and they're empty by February 1. Because they don't have a foundation. They don't have a clear focus. They don't have a diligence and a passion that's going to keep them consistent through it all. You can't burn the plows if you don't use them. You've got people that are wanting to burn plows and, and do these big, I'm going I'm I'm to let go of all, but you didn't, you, you didn't set a foundation in your life and you're going to get discouraged along the way. You're going to quit along the way. Burning plows is for people that first used plows. And I'll tell you right now, using the plow isn't as exciting as burning one. Huh? Nobody stops to watch somebody just plowing a field. When you set that thing on fire, you'll draw, you'll draw a crowd. 
But when that fire goes out, what are you left with? See, I, I want us to be set up properly for the disruptions that God wants to bring. There are God disruptions. There are things that God will just step into and just challenge it all. But you want to have a solid foundation to build on. We're going to increase capacity. We're going to institute consistency. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? Don't give up. Don't get tired of doing good. See, you don't have to be doing something bad to get tired. Good will wear you out too. Doing the right thing will wear you out. Walking in love will wear you out. Forgiving people will wear you out. Standing in faith will wear you out. It's called a fight of faith for a reason. And it's not the, the, the fight that's wrong. It's the weariness that comes with it. It's the tiredness. No, stick with it. Stay consistent. Don't give up. Philippians chapter three. We know these verses. Philippians chapter three and verse 12, Paul says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. That's the, that's the burning of the plows and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. I wanna read this to you in the Passion Translation. Verse 12, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me to make me his own. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. There's a pressing in. There's a continuing on. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us to run the race with endurance. Run the race that is set before us. And I can't run your lane, you can't run my lane. But when you run the lane God has called you to, with that passion, with that endurance, with that foundation, develop the consistency. Again, there's nothing tra attractive about consistency. Going back to the sports analogies, they run those plays over and over and over and over. They run that stuff until they're tired of it. As a, uh, as a worship team, we've adopted uh, that we want to learn a song until we know it as if we wrote it. And I'll just be honest, naturally, by the time a lot of these guys are playing a brand new song for you, they're sick and tired of it. 
It's the, it happens every year at Christmas. We didn't do it this year. We uh, did one Christmas song and, and, and just made a worshipful service. How many of you enjoyed our Christmas Eve service? Wasn't that amazing? Didn't our team do an amazing job? They're incredible. Just worshiping the Lord. But you know, we, we usually start learning those Christmas songs about October, November. We get to Halloween and we're like, okay, we need to get our Christmas set going. Well, you know what? We're getting pretty tired. By the time we get to Christmas, especially Tommy, if you don't know, Tommy Poncel plays concerts and, and, and plays with some folks uh, back home where they're from. And, and uh, you know, he's like, man, I don't want to hear another Christmas song. I'm tired of hearing, oh, come all you faithful, hark the herald angels sing, joy to the world. Get it out of my playlist. I'm tired of it. Because he's developed that consistency. You do it until you know it. And this is how Paul can write these things. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on from prison. I'm pressing on. I don't know what my future holds. I'm pressing on. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I'm pressing on. When he says, I forget that all that is behind me, you think he had some stuff that he could hold on to? Some junk? You know, he tells uh, this same church in chapter two, this Philippian church, everybody else has abandoned me. The only one that I have left is Timothy. I mean, you think he's got some, some daggers to pull out of his back? being stabbed in the back? You think he's got some, some folks that are talking about him? You think he's got some people that he's trained up in the faith that have abandoned him completely, challenging him? And that's not even to, to bring into account all the natural uh, uh, trial that he endured, the beatings, shipwrecked, left for dead. The man died, saw heaven and said, I'll go back. I mean, my gosh, I mean, are you kidding me? He said, man, I've seen both sides. It would be, boy, I would love to go on and be with the Lord, but for you, it's better. In Acts, he wrote, you know, on top of all the afflictions, I also carry the weight and the burden of caring for the church. Daily, he said, caring for the church. This is a man that was so in tune with the consistency, the daily grind of seeing the kingdom advance. The daily grind. We're gonna increase capacity. We're gonna institute consistency. uh, consistency. And number three, we're gonna invest completely. Invest completely. You know, we, we, we live in a culture that wants to reap much, but invest little. We want a maximum return with minimal investment. We live in a society, we we look for the shortest route to something. Let this be the year that you just go all in. Invested completely not holding anything back. God, if you ask it of me, it's yours. I'm putting it in your hands. I'm putting it in your care. I'm trusting in you. There's nothing I'm, there's nothing I'm retaining. There's nothing that I'm, I'm not just giving you a percentage. God, God is not a God of percentages, man. He wants all of it. Could this be the year that you could see all 
that you're believing for and all that you know God's calling, but it's gonna come with a full level of investment. In Numbers chapter 14, in Numbers chapter 14, this is after Numbers chapter 13, where the 12 spies go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, it was already given to them to spy out the land. Two come back with a good report, 10 come back with a bad report. The people believe the bad report. But the two, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a good report. And this is what God says of them in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. If you won't invest in it, you're not gonna inherit it. I'm just letting you know now. And the level that you invest in, we just said a few weeks ago that the price you're willing to pay reveals how far you're willing to go. This is with anything. You can apply this to your diet. You can apply this to your savings. You can apply this to the home you're wanting to purchase. You can apply this to your Bible reading. You can apply this to the walk of uh, 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 your, your spiritual walk or the plan of God for your life, however you want to apply it. Let's stop being people that expect a great harvest when we've only invested little. The one with five came back and had 10. The one with two came back with four. The one with one buried his one, and how much did he have in return? One. And I'm just gonna let you know now, God is looking to develop you, to increase you. We said increase capacity. He wants to increase you, but it's gonna be with proper management. It's gonna be with proper stewardship. It's gonna be with a valuable investment. I was just talking with someone the other day and uh, they were getting ready to do a, a fast to start the year. And I just let you know, we're not doing a church-wide fast. I know our folks in St. Augustine are getting ready to kick off. I mean, they're, you're probably trying to eat everything you can today, aren't you? Yeah, because tomorrow starts our prayer and fasting. But, but Pastor, I've, I spoke with Pastor Earl, and they've got a, a specific goal and a specific target related to their church. But you might want to start the year off with that. You don't need me to assign it. You don't need me to put it on a screen and, and put it on a calendar. You might want to seek the Lord and say, you know what, this year I'm going to start off. But, you know, and then you add the question, well, what am I fasting? I'll just tell you right now, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can fast and all kinds of ways you can fast, but you need to have a food fast. If you're going to do a fast, you need to fast some kind of food, not fast food. <laughs> I'm only eating fast food. No, we're fasting food, maybe a meal. Maybe a certain type of food, maybe a certain thing. Amen. Because this is what uh, the, the individual said, you were getting ready to do this fast. You know, people ask me, well, what should I fast? And, and this is the thing I tell them. If it doesn't mean much to you, it probably doesn't mean much to God. 
So it's not the same across the board. But if it's not costing you something in some way, then it may not be. If you're burying holes and and putting stuff in the ground, the master's gonna come back and he's not gonna be pleased. There's gonna be a level of investment. Worship team, if you come. There's gonna be a level of investment this year. Those of you that have arrived and achieved things this uh, 2023 that can stand here December 31st, maybe not everything, maybe one or two things, but you can go back and you can see the steps of investment you made. You can see where it cost me something, but I pressed on through that and I didn't give in to that. And I could have laid down here and I could have quit there, and, but I endured, I persevered, I pressed in, I pressed on. Let's let this new year, 2024, be a year of inheritance, a year where we see the promises of God fulfilled, but with the willingness to make the investment. Father, we come to you now. Father, as a reflection, reminders of all that you've done in our lives, not only in 2023, but up to this point. Father, we do come to you with such gratitude. We do come to you with such thankfulness of heart. Father, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't see what we see. We wouldn't have what we have if it weren't for you, your faithfulness, your goodness. But Father, we are choosing this day to forget those things that are behind and to press on toward the things that are still ahead, the promised land that's ahead, the promises to be fulfilled, the word that we know will not return void, that it will accomplish what you sent it to do. But maybe we haven't seen that fulfillment just yet. We refuse to give in. We refuse to lay down. We refuse. Complacency, comfort. We refuse to go into this new year with disappointment and discouragement. I don't know who that's for. That's somebody in this room. You're not going into 2024 with disappointment and discouragement. No, Father, we go in with the great hope, with the confident expectation, with an overwhelming assurance. We don't need to know how. We just know you will. We don't need to know when. We don't need to know where or who you'll use our confidence and our faith is established in your word and your word alone. We throw out the formulas. We throw out the experiences. We throw out, as Paul said, I forget those things that lie behind. We press on to the mark, the calling, the great things that are still in store. We lay the foundation. We develop the right patterns. 
Father, this year is a year of increase. This year is a year of seeing you do what we've only heard, what we've only dreamt of. We believe this together in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple weeks ago in morning prayer, if you don't know, we uh, now have Wednesday morning prayer at 6 a.m. every Wednesday morning. We'd love to have you come and be a part. Corporate prayer is important. We're going to do some things actually this year with our corporate prayer on Sunday mornings as well, 8.30 a.m. every Sunday morning. If you didn't know, we've got corporate prayer. Uh, but we're going to kind of change the vein of that a little bit. But it just seemed that the prayer went in the direction of that this next year. And I just, just so you know, God doesn't work off a calendar like you and I do. It's not for his awareness, it's for our awareness. And so when we go into this new year, you know, it's not like, okay, God's flipping a calendar up in heaven. It's like, okay, what are we gonna do this year? But it's just a, a reset for us naturally. And the word just came out that we're gonna see glory like we've only heard of and dreamt of. And that the latter will be greater than the former. I'm telling you right now, there is a latter rain. I said, there is a latter rain and you wanna be a part of that. And the latter rain isn't gonna be like the days of Pentecost. It's not gonna be like the great revivals of the 17 and 1800s and the great awakening. It's not gonna be like the movements of the early 1900s and the mid, the, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Oh, it's gonna far surpass. You gotta believe that 2024 is not a repeat of something we've already seen. There's more that God wants to do that will absolutely blow your mind if we can develop the right patterns. Revival comes, every revival, every great revival this country has seen started with somebody on their knees, doing something diligently, doing something in obscurity, doing something when no one else knew what they were doing. And it opened up the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing upon people. And what we're gonna see God do in these latter days, it's gonna come, I, I, I say it a lot, but it's gonna come with us doing what seems mundane, what seems normal, regular activity, but God's gonna touch it. He's gonna put his spirit upon it. The glory's gonna fill the temple. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.